Hey, Bitch Talkers, episode 224 of the Bitch Talk podcast. This is another special uh, podcast with director, editor, writer, um, special human being, Sean Baker, uh, who we just interviewed and we're kind of in love with, I think. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he's, we didn't, well, we didn't have enough time, which is always the case, but um, we, we sacrificed for the greater good, so make um, his day a little smoother yeah, yeah yeah give him a little breaky poo <laughs> for his big night and then uh, maybe jetting off to london tomorrow he's not really quite sure what he's yeah. doing <laughs> but um the florida project opens in san francisco uh friday the 13th of october which is going to be totally good luck for him and um i don't know you guys go go see this movie it's it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking but it's, it's beautiful and it's funny yeah, it's everything, all the feels. All the you feels. get all the feels, and you're left thinking about it, and it's it definitely stays with you. And uh, Ange was a mess. <sighs> so, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, this is our interview with uh, director, editor, writer Sean Baker, and uh, we hope you enjoy. Sean Baker, editor, writer, director, what else for the Florida Plot Project? How are you? <laughs> good, good. Overachiever. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being on Bitch Talk. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start with the softball question. How did the Cool and the Gang celebration song get into this film? Because I read that you were really excited that they said yes to it. Yes. But how and when did that come to be i think it was pretty early on we it was um it had to be before i shot the sequence so it was in it was in the script stage wow. um i just knew it was the perfect song for it. it there's no other song that could that could just sum up the the celebratory nature of what i wanted to sort of uh have the audience think they were getting into you know what i mean there was yeah a, it was a there's, tease there's a tease mm-hmm. and there's that, that world is so down there you know and is so full of contradictions and so um that was part of it and um there's a little there's also a little bit of a if you know that area right off of route 192 there's a little village i don't know if you know there's a little town called celebration which no, stemmed up Mm-mm. after disney came into town hmm. so so yeah very very topical exactly (laughs) (laughs) well can you talk a little bit about the title the florida project and how you came up with the concept sure um my co-screenwriter brought this world to my attention um he his mother had relocated to the Kissimmee, orlando area and he is basically like a disney historian fanatic you know he knows everything about (laughs) disney and he was down there visiting his mother and he was at a red light one day and he noticed a bunch of kids in a parking lot um, basically playing tag or wiffle ball or something. And he would see this every time he drove by the, one of these budget motels along Route 192. And eventually, I think he brought it up to his mother. His mother said, oh, yeah, no, there's a, there's a problem here in the area hmm. of uh, families with children uh, actually living in these budget motels um, that were once tourist-driven um, but got hit by the recession of 08 and fallen into basically have become to a certain degree welfare motels or mm-hmm. places where the hidden homeless uh this is a nationwide issue obviously right. but 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 use budget motels like this as their last refuge before hitting the street or keeping a roof over their head so so he started sending me photos and but also sending me news articles that local media had focused on this and because of that of the very sad 
juxtaposition of, of children growing up in this environment, but right outside of the place that we consider the happiest place on earth for children and a place mm -hmm. that was designed for children. And, and, I, and I thought of it, I thought, oh, okay, this is, uh, I could definitely see how we could dramatize this, you know, and, and make a, make a, a narrative fiction film out of this. And he goes, oh yeah, and if we do, it's called the Florida Project. And I'm like, why? Just because it's our Florida Project? And he goes, no, it's because that that's what Disney was calling this area as he was purchasing up the land. Uh, and and it, was, it was basically the, the code word for, for Disney World at the time. Mm -hmm. um, he wanted to keep it on the DL and I guess to not compete with other land buyers. I, I think, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not 100% sure, but it was what they, they dubbed Disney World and Epcot Center the Florida Project before the announcement and the, and the opening. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> this is, that's topical. Thank you for asking that question. Um, I want to know, and it's a little bit inside baseball, how did you even film at Disney World, or was that a set? Because um, I feel like they're very buttoned up there. No, we... we uh, yeah, without getting too, <laughs> Are you not too much into it. Okay. No, without getting too much into it, we did have to resort to my guerrilla filmmaking tactics of, okay. of old, of tangerine. And <laughs> I we was shot climbing up iPhone. a tree. We shot on the iPhone, <laughs> yeah, and shot in a clandestine style, and uh, yes. Well, we heard, that, we heard that you did other hidden camera ta tactics as mm -hmm. well. There were some sequences, yes. Yeah, where you were just kind of chasing down unknowing people that had been filmed with releases like hey, hey we're doing a film can we <laughs> right there was a there's actually um a few sequences in the film in which uh the the it's a mother-daughter story mm -hmm. and we have a little six-year-old by the name of mooney and her mother who's a young mom or, uh, who's only 22 and her name is Haley, and sh they are trying to sell perfume just to make enough to to live at this motel they're basically surviving on a weekly and sometimes nightly basis. So they're out there selling perfume, and we thought the best way of going about doing this was, and I've done this with my other films, so I kind of I, I kind of knew it would add a, an authenticity and an energy to these sequences where we basically scripted it like this. We said, the actresses will approach real pedestrians and attempt to sell uh, <laughs> perfume, and it's shot in a candid camera st type style with a telephoto lens, and here are some sample lines. But mm -hmm. when they're actually in the moment, they're going to have to be improvising because it, they're going to have to basically be a salesman at that moment. So, yeah, so that, that and I was lucky enough to find these actresses who were, or these actors who were able to basically, who had the gift of improvisation and I comedic improv. I was just going to say, because some of Mooney's lines in yeah. those sequences yeah. are freaking hilarious. Mm -hmm. So some of yes. those were improvised. <laughs> oh, yeah, some of them, yeah. Some of she them were make you handsome. She oh, is yeah. a genius. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, she really is. She's a prodigy. I mean, I, there's no doubt about Brooklyn Prince. I mean, uh, I can't uh, imagine this film without her. And then also just it was an honor to work with her because I know she's in the same camp as Mickey Rooney and, mm -hmm. and Jodie Foster. Oh, easily. She she's has the next generation. Oh, yeah. yeah she's no. going to set the standard for yeah. sure. She had, well, and the brunch had, scene, we, I mean, we just <laughs> dying. Well, the brunch scene yeah. is very much a, I was just documenting Brooklyn Prince mm -hmm. at that point. She loved to <laughs> there eat. There was no direction. <laughs> she loved to eat. And I would, no, there was direction, but it was a different sort <laughs> yeah. of direction. It wasn't like, she had a bunch of scripted lines and she got rid of them pretty quick. And then we had, we were shooting on 35 millimeter. So we had a magazine that was holding a thousand feet of film and that's 10 minutes. And we just rolled the 10 minutes on her <laughs> and she, um, and I would say, uh, take that strawberry and take that raspberry, put it in your mouth and tell me what you think. <laughs> uh -huh. And she would, and then she would come up with her own lines. And then sometimes, wow. you know, I would say, 
I would say, oh, say, um, I wish my stomach was, I wish I had a bigger stomach. And she was like, I wish I had a bigger stomach. I wish I was pregnant. Yeah. You know, so she would, she would add stuff. Right. That's what made her, that's what makes her so brilliant that she's, she understands even what comedic improv is like, even at that age, which she was holding her own with Willem Dafoe and getting, and as you know, wow. yes. you know without any spoilers, right. there's a very, um, she gets to some emotional heights that are so incredible yes. and that even Ugh. we were all blown away on set because we didn't, it's not like we, we, we had to manipulate it. We didn't have to say, Oh, think about some sad times in your life or anything like that. She, she was in character understanding the circumstance that her character was in and she was able to get to the tears that we needed her to get to. Oh, I mean, it was gut, gut wrenching. Yeah. Oh, well, she I was a mess, mess running. Out. I couldn't talk to her immediately after the phone. Like, I'm like, give me a few minutes. Well, when and it that happened, doesn't happen to me a lot. We were just, uh, I mean, there's footage of it. I just watched it because they were putting together like the making of now and the behind mm -hmm. the scenes. And to see us, even in that moment, we were behind the camera just in awe. And then when I yelled cut, you know, we have a, a whole crew of people running over and, and hugging her. Right. Because uh, she truly is incredible. Can we talk another about another one of your actresses in, ca in casting? Yes. Sandy Kane, please. Oh, my gosh. I mean. <laughs> Thank you for bringing her up. She's not brought up enough. Uh, yeah, she's a real, you know, she's a real New York personality. Goes all the way back 30 years where she had her own public access show. Um, then she became uh, basically famous for um, kind of, and I'll, I don't want to say, uh, <laughs> basically uh, taking, um, becoming the naked cowgirl, which was oh, basically yeah. a spin on the naked cowboy from Times Square. Right, right. <laughs> so, and she got herself into plenty of controversy about that from a legal standpoint, but made herself this known personality. And, and, and I had met when we were doing our research down in the Kissimmee, Orlando area, you would go to some of these motels and sometimes there were like old timers there that, that, that came on vacation and never left like 20 years ago. And so we saw that this could, you know, Sandy Kane would be perfect for this sort of character. So, so. you already wanted to cast her in something? Oh, yeah. or oh, just no. I, mean, I always thought it would be wonderful to have Sandy Kane in a movie. Because actually she's quite funny. She's really, yes. like, she has stand-up skills. I mean, yes. she could be a stand-up comedian. Mm -hmm. And I think she has done that. And, okay. and you've heard her on, like, Howard Stern right. and other yes. shock jock radio, like, you know, like uh, Opie and Anthony. And, and the way that she uh, always held her own, I thought, she can do this. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she was perfect. She was fun. She was yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we're already at it. Oh, no. I know. I'm super bummed. But do you, do you want to, one more? Well, question? no, I don't, I don't even know. I just, I, I don't know how you managed to with this film. You're like, we're watching it and you're on an emotional roller coaster. You're on an emotional journey. You're, you're kind of tense throughout, but you're mm. laughing out loud. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you're bawling. Mm. And um, mm. I mean, it was just, such a fine line between all those three, but that's what makes it so well, real. Well, I do want to mention one thing. I, I, I know we started the interview talking about, you know, that the, the obviously the issue that we're focusing right. on, and that's obviously very important and something that I want the audience to, 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 to walk away with thinking about like the real Moonies and the real Haley's out there. But mm -hmm. they should also know that this is not, this is a film that they will be laughing in. I mean, they right. were going to have fun. There is an entertainment value to this film. Um, and I wanted to make this film almost like the little rascals, 2017, mm -hmm. where you're, where if you, th if you think about what the little rascals were, there were mm -hmm. these comic shorts set against the great depression. Most of the, kids in the little rascals the characters were living in poverty but the focus was the joy of being children and, mm -hmm. and the, the humor of 
children's behavior and that's what we tried to do with this film because you know we also are dealing in uh, uh you know we had our own you know we had a recession in 08 mm-hmm. that it, it, we're still feeling the 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 um uh, the results of mm-hmm. you know and and or the effects of and and these families are still living with the with with the uh, the effects of of a, a recession that's almost ten years old mm-hmm. and um and I felt it was it was our oppor- it was a way and an, our opportunity to shed light on that but at the same time you know have us return to the summers of our youth and have fun with Mooney and be one of her gang of friends so mm-hmm. I do want audiences to know it's not as heavy-handed as it sounds at least while you're there in the theater you right. know you're going to be having fun and laughing with these kids well yeah. you've put together such a thoughtful and heartfelt um, and real film we want to thank you for being on Bitch and it really Talk. stays oh. it really stays with you oh, yeah. afterwards. it makes you look at things differently thank so you, thank, thank you for that it's, it's really theaters important now. In theaters now yes yeah. and in San Francisco October 13th yes. thank you very much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Sean Baker thanks for having me That was our interview with Sean Baker, writer, editor, director of The Florida Project, opening Friday, October 13th in San Francisco. I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm still, I, I love him. Yeah. Love There's him. so many things we could have talked about that had nothing to do with the film. Right. <laughs> and so many things we could have talked about that had to do with the film. Because right. I have pages here and pages of just like thoughts. You were writing notes right after the movie ended. <laughs> I'm like, are you writing notes already? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, this is this is a serious Oscar contender. Yes. Um, that little actress is Brooklyn. incredible. Brooklyn she has to be nominated. Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. Best Picture, Best, I, I don't know, Cinematography. We didn't oh. even get to talk to him about the cinematography. I know, and it's gorgeous. There are these beautiful wide-angle shots and also run-and-gun, like documentary-style shooting. Mm-hmm. It's just a mix of everything. And I feel like that's a big thing for him is to mix, to mix new actors with seasoned actors to mix improv with scripted to mix you know this shot with that and, mm-hmm. and it's and it comes together feeling real it feels mm-hmm. like it feels more realistic in that sense yeah he's just he's a powerful director and writer and editor <laughs> um and a human being just and the message, super sweet sweet guy just like the message with all of his films right these are all characters mm-hmm. that are on have fallen through the cracks have been marginalized yep. and he sends a message with all of his films without sending a message. Right. It's not preachy. It's slice of life. But you leave right. thinking differently about the world and yourself. And Well, he gives a voice to the voiceless and people who are generalized. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I knew kids that probably grew up in that situation when I came, when I came out of the film. I'm like, I am pretty sure I knew kids like that when mm-hmm. I was growing up. And, you know, um, yeah, the sheds a too. new light mm-hmm. to... Um, to what they go through and what they've been through. But uh, we also got a free gift from Sean, Sean Baker. Uh, not everybody left. left with a free gift. Uh, I, no. don't mean, I saw so, no one else. Yeah, but. thank you for the DVD of your first feature film, Starlet. I don't know if it was his first. I think it was like his third. I thought it was first feature. He said feature. it was before. It was first oh, feature, okay. I meant. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, before Tangerine and obviously before The Florida Project. But really sweet. He's like, hey, uh, have you guys seen my movie before Tangerine? <laughs> like, no. And he's like, oh, I have this DVD here. <laughs> so thank you for the gift. Um, and really quickly, just to do a little housekeeping about Bitch Talk, you can look at the brand new spanking beautiful website at bitchtalkpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter at Bitch Talk Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Bitch Talk Podcast, one word. You can follow us on Facebook, it's Bitch Talk Podcast. Or just shoot us an email at the Real BT Pod 
at gmail.com. So uh, this is episode 224 of the podcast. Watch the Florida Project. Do yes. yourself a favor. Yeah, do yourself a b- favor. Uh, spend a little money on an indie film and um, support great filmmaking. Support films that mean something, that have something to say. Right. Bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs>